So you've been tagged, you guys. Oh, yeah. We're currently live on Facebook. You know, let me go check with my phone. <laughs> We're up for it another one. Again. All right, again and again. We are really on it, you know. Okay, um, looks like I'm, I've added it to my timeline. It came there in. Yay! Okay, so make okay. sure your um, Zoom box on your timeline is muted. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense, exactly. For some reason. Oh, yeah, it's muted. Let me see. Okay. Okay, so we got it on Facebook. We got it on Zoom. Yeah, let's just do that for now. Okay, because I got Instagram up if you want to do that one too. If, you're, if your phone, yeah. And I think Instagram might be a pain for us. I have a feeling. <laughs> I got it leaned up here. We might as well try it. All right, well, let's chat for a few minutes here and then we'll try it. Okay. Because we are live right now. So say hi to your friends. Hi to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> hello friends hello friends for for everyone just tuning in right now uh we have jennifer delia who is man screenwriter director producer of why not choose love and which is for an unconventional biopic on mary pickford and we also have dp dan with us right now a lot of talents in the room i'm sorry I love that. DP Dan, that's perfect. <laughs> give you a <laughs> and myself, uh, wish we're Satya, extremely lucky to have crossed path with Delia. And you know, we hopped on her journey, crazy journey, and now we're just meeting a, a lot of talents, a lot of people who are good hearted. It's just crazy. So <laughs> it's just crazy. So right now we're having this talk, so we could just, you know talk a bit about, you know, the making of the process, um, going deep into the art and the pop. And I think the first question I have to ask again, um, I have two questions. The first question is, that's not even to you, Jennifer, it's to Dan. Yay, that's perfect, okay. <laughs> uh, I would like to, I think people would like to know, you know, how you got involved in this project. Well, uh, we, uh, we have a mutual friend, Hannah, and she in introduced us. And um, so Jen and I met for a lunch about eight months before we started the project and we started talking. And she described the project to me. And um, then we started just collaborating, talking, exchanging ideas of what the project might be. And um, over the course of the next eight months, it went from conversations to meetings to to looking at pictures to finally we started meeting with with members and things like that. And um, so by the time we actually got to the place we were going to film the, the the movie, we pretty much had everything in our heads as the way the way we wanted it to go and what we wanted it to look like. Mm. And and and. Also, I mean, this, the script tells you all that too. It's a very good script. And it, it was, when, when I've read so many scripts now that when, when I read a script, I actually watch the movie in my head or my version of the movie in my head. And I saw from reading the script. Uh -oh. oh. Dan's frozen. Oh, well, I'm talking away. Am I still frozen? Oh no, you're better now. Oh, I, well, I, I think I, what I was saying was when I read the script, in my mind's eye, I watch the movie as I, as I read the script. And so I have a version or my version of what I think the movie should look like in my head as I read the script. Mm -hmm. And then Jen and I talk about what her thoughts were. And, and we come to a meeting of the minds as, as the way the the film should actually look and come together. And this happened over an eight month period, which is a really a blessing to be able to collaborate for that long before you ever touch a camera. Yeah, but, but also I can add to that because um, we met like well before, I think maybe the year before when mm -hmm. we first actually met through Hannah. Yeah. Because yeah. when I met Dan, 
we were actually developing the project to shoot it in Savannah, Georgia. Mm. Remember? So yeah, I, I, do. I think I do. it was like a year before we actually green lit the production. Mm -hmm. And it was all synchronistic because um, Dan worked on the movie Blue Velvet, the David Lynch film. And that's one of my favorite films. And I had just seen it for the first time on the big screen just a few days prior. And I was like, wow, there's like elements of it that remind me of my first movie, Billy Bates, where the girl wears a blue wig and there's this Oedipal complex and there's different things. And my uh, producer, my producing partner at the time and I were having a discussion like, oh, this really reminds us of our, our first film. And then I was meeting Hannah to interview her to possibly work in our office. I had never met her before. She just applied as like through a website. And she's like, in the small talk part of the meeting, I said, I just saw Blue Velvet and it was so magical on the big screen. And she's like, oh, my friends, worked on that like operated wow. a camera on that wow and I was like what wow and I was like I want to meet your friend you know and that was Dan and <laughs> it was just all within a few days and um Dan and I hit it off I think as friends but also creatively right away and then when it came time to shoot I circled back to him and that's when like we started, like he said, months and months before we shot the film. Like we were really blessed that the heads of departments were so passionate about the material that everyone started working so early, you know, before oh. it was budgeted and scheduled just to like make sure it was done, you know, at a high level. So. That's amazing because that's why, you know, in the beginning of this talk, I said, you know, it's crazy in the sense that all of those synchronicities that just happens. And obviously, there's a quote I'd like to actually share with you guys. There's a quote that I really like from Paulo Coelho. What's up, Houdini? Houdini's <laughs> <laughs> in our movie, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. There's a quote that, from Paulo Coelho that says, the spirit meets long before the bodies. Mm -hmm. um, I love this quote in the sense that when we have a plan in mind, a vision or dreams, and we're really tuned to it, that we end up like just having those synchronicities that just happens, mm. right? And as we know, uh, film and movie is definitely like one of the most collaborative art form uh, with so many different artists, so many different stories uh, of you know, how, how everyone got involved, myself included, and also yeah. exogenous. Um, <laughs> I'd like to know, um, so already, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not just asking questions actually as of me, but as people, you know, like people. Oh, uh, film and movie is definitely like, oh, all right. <laughs> 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 um, were, were there, so you're saying that when you watch uh, Blue Velvet, you saw there were certain elements that was, that you recognized from your previous film, which was Billy Bates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for you, Dan, um, when you encounter uh, Jennifer, <laughs> interesting question. Um, was there, uh, you know, were you looking for a project to work on? Was uh, Why Not Choose Love uh, like the answer to a call that you had or, you know, was something that you wanted to work on? What was like when you got in, wh wh why not choose love? How, what is actually what it means in your life right now? And it wasn't but, called that when we first met. <laughs> no, what was it called? The first. The first. Mm -hmm. You helped yeah, me. But, yeah, when, when, we, when, we, when we first started with the script, I got the script and it wasn't even, the, the, it was so early on the process, the script wasn't, the lines weren't numbered and stuff. And so I, I pulled it into, <laughs> I pulled it into the final draft and I went through the script times and and actually organize the script because I wanted to be able to go through and say, well, at this point, this happens, and at this point, this happens. And, and, and so I was very invested in the story because it was a fascinating story to me. And um, what did you find fascinating about it? Well, the, the, the time period, for one thing, and just the, the beginning of the cinema and, and the, the, um, the, mm. the way that, I mean, my favorite films still are the old black and white films. I mean, in this quarantine, I've been sitting watching Criterion Channel and, and 
in film noir and Kurosawa movies and all these black and white films from the 20s. And this time period is, is my favorite. And, and so to be able to have this, uh, to, to be able to make a film about Mary, who's one of the very top people of that time period and the, one of the, the founders of United Artists. And I mean, just a really a, a groundbreaking person Mm -hmm. was an amazing opportunity to me. I mean, before we filmed, one of the things that was uh, the most amazing thing for me to do was we went out to the nitrate vaults out in the valley. Mm -hmm. And we saw, these, we saw these old Mary Pickford prints from 1914 on this nitrate film that's so volatile, it'll just catch fire and explode. And um, I got out- ash. It turns into yes. like ash, material. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, if you've ever seen a movie called Cinema Paradiso, when the film catches on fire in the projector, that's this kind of film. Mm -hmm. And um, to get out and, and to take the, that original Mary Pickford film uh, in front of a light bulb on lines and watch the film, it was amazing for me and very eye-opening. Excuse me, I got to get some water. Yeah, get some water. You're fine. Absolutely. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was really the the process of development. Yeah, uh, was so fruitful because we just got to, like he said, literally touch and feel and smell and like use our senses in these vaults and in her worlds. I mean, I went to a museum where I touched one of her curls. Whoa. You know? um, I felt like Alice in Wonderland all the time. It was just like portals, different objects, like sensory, you know? It, it was not like a movie. It was just like a real journey, a real adventure. <laughs> and it still is, but yeah, that was a great day, Dan, that when we did that. Yeah, it was fun and it was, it was really interesting. It went reeling through these films, they, they, they were black and white. But if they had a, um, a, a sequence that was supposed to be angry, they would dye it red. Or if they had a, a thing out in the woods, they would dye the film green. So you'd be going along and all of a sudden a red segment would come up or a green segment would come up. And that's how they tried to in, in, inflect um, a feeling into the film in ways that they could convey in color that they, when they didn't have color film. Yeah, how you could create that emotional intensity, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that each print was different because they'd have to go through and hand dye this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you can't get every, anything. We're, such per, we're so obsessed with like perfecting every detail now. Or it's like, then That's you like, have to accept the beauty of imperfection. Like you can't get it exact because everything is done with the hand, you know? It, it's, it's, it's all, it was all a very labor intensive process. I mean, the yeah. camera was cranked by hand. The cameraman would come home at night and develop the film. The, 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 the camera department usually, usually consisted of one person at that time, unless they had a second camera. So the DP cranked the camera, unloaded the film, developed the film. They, they, they did it all. And, and yeah. that was like the camera person then. There was no big camera crews. Mm -hmm. And unless they had did something massive and they had to hire you know four or five camera guys to come in and do it. It was interesting. <laughs> Such yeah. a world, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it was like, um, it's like when you're, you're doing a pilgrimage, right? Or you go into the source, it's like, oh man, this, it's, it's a field trip that is actually very meaningful and you're going to the roots and it doesn't feel just like a mandate that, you know, a job that you have to do, but it feels like an inner calling. Um, so question is like, as you, you two are in the industry, um, you know, Jen and, Dan, you've been there since also as a young person, you're already like, you know, grabbing your camera and filming stuff. Um, Mary Pickford, was it a name that you came across before, um, you know, uh, meeting Jennifer or, or uh, was your, what did you know about Mary Pickford before? Uh, I've known about Mary Pickford for many, many years since, since I first started knowing about films, really. Wonderful. Yeah, because she was such a pioneer. That was that was one of the things that drew me to this project is the fact that it's just historically amazing. It was a chance to do something very cool and to do and to photograph something in a way it's never been photographed before. 
and, and to approach it in a, in a new way. It's just, when I tell people about this film, I says it doesn't, I say it doesn't look like any film you've ever seen before. It doesn't feel like any film you've ever seen before. It's a unique um, element. It's a unique uh, experience to, to see this film. And, you know, uh, I'm from, uh, as you know, you know, I'm from Montreal, uh, Canada, and Mary Spickford's parents met in, you know, in my city, in my town. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, I think she, she was born in Toronto, still in Canada. And funny enough, you know, um, Mary Pickford is not necessarily like a known figure. You know, you really have to dig in. <laughs> you really have to dig in to actually um, find information about that. Um, which brings us to the conversation. Um, you know, right now, you know, this project is, it took you guys pretty much like 10 years. Right, it's like me, a ten me, year. Yeah, not not anybody else, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, actually, you took ten yeah. years. Um, how do you feel about you know when you started the project, how the industry was ready, and now ten years later, how do you feel that you know were people, you know, were were ever, the industry always ready for such a film, or you feel like now it's like oh my god, thank God it took that long because this is like right on time to release it and and the, the industry is ready, the, the audience also ready. How do you feel about the timing? Yeah, I really do think it's, it's divine timing. Um, and that I understand the messaging and why I made this film as well, more and more as I continue to work on it and continue to get inspired by her and the, and the project and everyone involved in this project. I just, am, it, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, I just, I'm like, I could work on this for the rest of my life. I mean, maybe I'm going to be, I don't know, because right now it's going from a movie to a web series. So it's like, like Mary Pickford, we just keep flowing with the time, you know, and um, we went into the art world and did an event at the Venice Biennale and, um, now we're launching episodes from the movie. So it's, uh, it's, it's like wine, you know, it ages well because it is an art film and it's not a conventional biopic. And that was maybe scary for our industry. It's getting more, um, less constrained, I would say. Um, as far as the public goes, I always think there's loads and loads of people that are hungry for that kind of content. It's just that companies don't often release that kind of content. And so there's this illusion of the people not being into um, experimental or unconventional things, but it's just because they don't really get access to it. So the numbers don't add up. You know, mm. I, I had conversations with people in middle America or in South Carolina or places that said they were hungry for content. When I was on tour with my last film in 2014, we had no movie stars in that movie and we sold out 10 cities, you know, and they were hungry for it. Um, but they go see all the, you know, same old things because in a lot of places, that's all they get. And mm. so then the companies think it's what they want because mm. they're going to see it just because it's all they get, you know? So it's tricky, but I'm excited about this time. And Dan and I shot the movie in vignettes. So like there are these great little climactic episodes that feel even more climactic as episodes than they even do as the full kind of poetic, you know, feature. Now it's got like this more melodramatic vibe, you know, which I think is really cool. So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. And this is a, this definitely a message for all artists. You know, like when you when we're working on something, you know, the time that it takes, maybe the time that it needs to take. Um, you know, there's an inner growth going, but at the very same time, you know, like you say, you know, the project's kind of aging like wine, right? And then, and and it seems very often, you know, uh, many artists we're gonna say that sometimes that you're working on a project. And then, you know, it's once you're done, it seems you're actually learning from the project. You know, you can do an interview and in a moment, okay, you, we end it. But when we rewatch the interview, you're like, oh my God, yeah, I said this. That was interesting, actually. You kind of, you know, um, you know, you can actually replay it in your mind and understand it better. Um, 
Now, for the people tuning in right now, um, on Friday, we'll be releasing three episodes um, from the Why Not Shoes Love on my Pickford uh, Manifesto. Maybe I would let Jen Jennifer give more uh, information of what's going on Friday. So we are releasing three episodes. Um, we <laughs> <laughs> um, they're the first three episodes and people yeah. will be able to register to get access uh, to the full series through it's kind of like a sneak preview soft launch situation um, we're partnered with a couple brands and also this uh, really cool web fest that was launched in Cannes that's now gone digital called Cote d'Azur web fest um, so the, the episodes will be in a few different places and um, yeah, we're just, we wanna see how, how people respond. We wanna see what the movement is. We wanna show that, that art matters. And uh, we have some really exciting marketing um, schemes. I don't know if I should call them <laughs> schemes. Like really cool uh, alignments that were- How, that how people can uh, make sure that they see the three episodes. What's the actions they have to take? They have to watch for um, us on Humanizing the Icon, uh, Facebook and Instagram, also the YouTube channel. Um, we're launching a new site as well, and that will be up on Friday. And then the various partners and things will be um, posting links and we'll share who they are, you know, in the next few days. So. <laughs> exciting times yeah it is exciting and i guess a, i thought this was like a revelation but i don't know if dan even knows much about it but some of the studios are even like turning their features into web series and doing free limited offerings and it's it's like a whole new landscape you know right now so it's pretty interesting yeah i, I, think, I think the um the 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 pandemic is is causing us difficulties but it's also given us gifts and mm. some of the some of the new things that, that are coming about are out of necessity or out of but creativity works really well under very close constraints sometimes <laughs> yeah i like that i like that you know if you're limited you have to be more creative to work a, a way around that mm -hmm. to, to still uh satisfy your creativity Absolutely. And, and I, I, I think we have a lot of free time to sit around and think of new ways to do things right now because we can't go out and go to the beach and do these other things. So we do this. <laughs> so we do this. Like the answer of, you know, I think there, there was a collect, collective call of wanting to take a pause or have more time. Well, here it is, right? Ask Dan how he's doing. Say, how are you, Dan? How are you, Dan? <laughs> I've never been better. How are you? I've never been better. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> we try Instagram. How do you feel, Dan? I feel great. Let's try it. Okay. So, Satya, you will be heard and not seen. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> you will be heard, and that's actually what matters. Okay. Absolutely. That's actually a quote. Okay, basically, <laughs> we like to play with all platforms. Let's see. Whoops, sorry, peeps. Okay, so Dan, I'm gonna go live. Okay. Um, I'll do this from Humanizing the Icon. So go to the Humanizing the Icon page. Okay, I was just there and it kicked me off, but I'll come back. Okay, I'm at the Humanizing the Icon page. And, um, All right, I'm about to go live, okay? And then, I'm ready. And then you request to join me when you see okay. me live, and I'll accept okay. you. So it's checking connection on Instagram. I am now live, but there's a delay. Okay, I'm going to the live spot there now. And they're telling telling my followers, Satya, can you watch on Humanizing the Icon? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm tuning in right now. Oh, there's oh, Denise is there. Hi, Dan. Hi. <laughs> hey, you're about to go live with Humanizing the Icon. There you go. Look at these beautiful people. And this is exciting because, um, okay, so now we turn down our computer. 
Okay, let me turn down the computer here. Okay, All Satya, right. you can hear us okay? Yeah. Oh no, you won't be able to. Oh wait. I feel Oh, I gotta turn it down, not all the way, so I can hear you though. Okay. Yeah. Oh, true. Please. Yeah. No. All oh, right. Chelio so joined. Hi, Chelio. <laughs> oh, we have some people joining, and it's a new Instagram. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Um, so we're in all these places now. Omnipresence. <laughs> I know, it's so fun. I just wanna make sure we'll be able to hear Satya no matter what. Um, what I really wanna say though, is that humanizing the icon is the movement that was born out of our movie because Mary Pickford was the first cinema icon and kind of like the first pop culture icon. There was no like rock and roll or other big celebrities before her. And we were in Italy together, right, Dan? Doing an exhibit about humanizing the icon with some of our other friends like Celio Bordin and Exodius, Satya's partner as well, uh, had art there. So mm -hmm. we, you know, and now we're on the humanizing the icon Instagram page. Like who knew? I know, this is very exciting, huh? Yes. <laughs> what, yeah, Satya? I says, you know, it's such a journey. You know, it's, um, you know, it, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have a beginning and an end, right? It just seems like it's just ever evolving and ever evolving. It's, you know, the material is, is so wealthy, you know, it's, uh, it, it feels like you can, we can pull out like so many universes from that, right? And, mm -hmm. and the movement is extremely important, you know, humanizing the icon, um, just the title in itself, you know, drives it, you know, strikes attention. You know, what, what do we mean here? Humanizing the icon and any icon, any star, um, you know, have a human aspect of himself, right? Yeah. You know, there's, a, you know, the word icon is used in computers. If you want to, you know, as a logo, for example, the icon of a, uh, you know, a software you're using. It's also used, you know, if you're, you know, street signs, those are icons, you know, but it's a totally different thing when you have a human embodying an icon, you know, it's something that it, we, it represents to us, you know, the king of pop or, you know, the king of rock and roll, you know, um, but the king of rock and roll, that's in... That's, <laughs> the king of rock and roll. Um, but yeah, you know, like... Dan. You know, go ahead. Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to see if you wanted to turn your computer down a little bit. But. Oh, I'm, 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 I'll turn it down. I, I, I was trying to, I can't hear um, Satya. Yeah, I don't have it okay. up a little bit. A little bit's fine. Yeah, that's cool. I don't okay. know. King of rock and roll. Yeah, you know, king of rock and roll. You know, um, at some point, the king of rock and roll was a bit, uh, was a bit tired. <laughs> right? And and the industry just keeps on pushing and demanding and is requiring, you know, is having a lot of requests and, and there's a, the human being at some point cannot follow. Yeah. Right? Well, we can ask Dan about it too. Like you, what is Icon Conjure for you, Dan, you know, after hearing some of that and you've had some like iconic experiences with some iconic well, people. Well, I, I mean, Modern icons, you don't realize they're icons while you're with them because this, they're still becoming iconic. You know, it's, it's, I mean, that sounds kind of weird and strange, but it's like a lot of times you do a project and you don't know what the project's going to be. You don't know who's going to like it or who's not going to like it. And mm -hmm. you just do, do the best you can and try to do a good job. And then back on it. And, and like I think back on Wild and Heart and when, when Nicolas Cage came into the bar with his snakeskin jacket on and says, this is a symbol of my individuality and personal freedom. Nobody knew that was going to take off or what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's like one of the, the great moments of the movies now. And there, wasn't, wasn't one of our actors from our movie in Wild at Heart? Oh, Balthazar was in, in, was in uh, Lost Highway. Lost Highway, Balthazar yeah. Getty, yeah. Yeah, Balthazar Getty, and um, yeah, he was in Lost Highway, and and um, we had several pretty amazing actors in, in our in our film in, in the in Why Not Choose Love, and, and I, I love our cast. 
Yeah. Well, you, you, you did a really great job of picking the cast out. I mean, there, there was not a dog in the bunch, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was just reconnecting with our casting director too. I haven't talked to her in a while, Adrian Stern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, you guys she, did a great job. She made some suggestions that were so incredible. I, I didn't know mm-hmm. everyone myself. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was it was really well done and, 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 and a great cast. It was a pleasure for me to photograph them, you know. They were all yeah. really good. The performances were always great. Carrie Elways, oh my goodness, what a lovely man, you know. He and, plays D.W. Griffith, Satya, yeah. and everyone. And so Sophie Kennedy Clark, my goodness. I mean, everybody, everybody, the, 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 the Phoenix girl, she was stunning, you know. <laughs> summer phoenix yeah summer yeah <laughs> the phoenix yeah. girl phoenix yeah. rising yeah well you um, know, there's a lot even of the, the people that played extras and some of the supporting and mm-hmm. everyone yeah. like from even waiters and different you know because in that era you have to like have a certain aura or like really just get into it even if you're not speaking you know and i feel mm-hmm. like everyone was amazing <laughs> Everybody brought, brought their A game, you know, and that, that was kind of part of the, the whole thing with all of us is we, we weren't just there to get a paycheck. We were there to make a movie and, and an interesting <laughs> that's movie. What, that's what Carrie always said in our behind the scenes. I love yeah. it. Exactly the same it. way. What? I yeah. love when he says it. <laughs> but Satya, everyone says that, yeah. Yeah. Satya's like, I know. I'm still oh, working that, on I this too. <laughs> I love that. You know, he's like, you know, basically what he's saying is there's love in the room. You know, he's like, you know, we're not, we're not this. It's it's interesting when you have an, you know, an actor and his character, and he's just saying that, you know, like, listen, I'm I'm going through all of this out of love for the project, you know, and yeah. this is this is not something you hear all the time, you know. This is a deeper calling. So it's uh that's wonderful. When people are are in the same place for the same purpose, for the quality of the art, not just uh, like you know you say a paycheck. Like the paycheck seems to be the actual to actually be part of the project, to be part of this. You know, they're, they're, as you and I talked about, the only currency isn't isn't money. We all need it. We all want it, but it's not the only thing. You have to work on art that really moves you, and um, I think we were all really inspired. In fact, Carrie said that he got into the business a lot because of the actual character he was playing, D.W. Griffith. Like as a child, he was inspired by Griffith. So that was like a lifelong kind of dream of his, mm-hmm. you know? That's wonderful. Well, he, he did a, uh, an amazing job playing D.W. And, and because he was so obsessed with it, you know, it was, it was, it was, he, he was the happiest man to be on that set that I <laughs> I've never done a job my entire career for the money. Mm-hmm. I always do it because I want to do the movie or because of the movie. The, if, if you do a job for the money, it's always the wrong reason to do a job, you know. Mm-hmm. You have, the money you have to... always comes, right, Dan? Yeah. Well, the money will come, yeah. If, 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 <laughs> like, if, please? If, you know, yeah. Please? But I mean, you know. <laughs> You, you 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 may not get grand theft money, but you'll 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 get um you'll get what you need. You know, you can always get what you money. want, but you get what you need. Yeah, exactly. I want clean money. Is that possible? Well, I mean, they launder it sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> the Federal Reserve? No, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I've worked on movies where I wondered where the where the money was coming from to pay us, but we didn't ask too many questions. <laughs> Right? It's like they show up with a briefcase like full of cash and you're just like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, the, the, the checks keep cashing, so we keep working, you know, but it's, it's, I mean, we're there because we love the art of making movies. It's, it's, it, it really is an art and it really yeah. is something that you, it's, you could make more money as a plumber and it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. So you, so you, you work and work and work as hard as you can trying to catch that little elusive moment when when everything comes together and you get that magic, mm-hmm. like when when the performance comes right, when 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 everything is is right, when the camera's in the right place to capture that performance, it may only happen on one take. Yeah, and you have to you have to be there and try to and do your best. To, everybody's fighting, fighting, fighting for that little bit of magic that you can get when everything comes out right. 
Yeah, it is so magical. And especially when people are like, work in harmony with each other. Um, kind of how we hope humanity will be one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? John Lennon wrote a song about that called Imagine, I think. Yeah. Imagine, I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> Satya? How was the, um, I remember we had a conversation, you and I, once, and I said, uh, you know, I was like, I feel that you were quite a little, somewhat zen when you were, um, you know, working on this film. Mm. And how did you, because uh, knowing that you, in some of your movie releases, you, you know, you would have a cacao ceremony before so people can actually tune in. Uh, did you guys have some type of a, I don't know, tune in a ritual that would be that was done in on on set or how is it? <laughs> I'm just asking that. <laughs> I mean, we just had like a really sweet time in the morning. Like mm -hmm. we had amazing caterers, so they would bring this like epic breakfast. There'd be like juice bar and breakfast burritos and fresh mm -hmm. organic food, and we would all kind of sit together and like get there early, like way before we needed to, right, Dan? Yeah, I mean, that, that I love that caterer, but I was like waddling around, you know, I was eating so much food. You know, I'd eat a breakfast enough for an army and then we'd have lunch and I'd eat more. And then finally I looked like the Michelin man running around the set because I was eating so much food, but boy, was it good, you know? <laughs> we had good food, Satya, that was our, that was our ceremony, like. There you yeah. go. <laughs> but we just kept the vibes good. We hugged a lot. We did occasional like med meditations. We would, we, we got to be outdoors because we shot on a studio lot where we could be outdoors a lot. We had the run of the lot. There was like no other production there at Melody mm. Ranch. You, um, you said something casually, but I like to actually focus on that. You also mentioned meditation. We did, yeah, we did a couple. We did one even before the screening at the Ace Hotel in the green room. Um, yeah, we, there was a lot of meditators on our set. And not everybody meditated, but we we would tune in sometimes, definitely. You know, just set intention or revisit the vision, you know. And then our walks at the end of the night, going to the set we were shooting the next day, kind of felt like a meditation because we would go to the set we were shooting the next day and like walk through it and envision tomorrow, even though we'd change everything in the morning and drive everybody crazy. We still did the walk. <laughs> it was really nice. Because sometimes I was seeing the set for the first time just the night before we're shooting because they were building them, you know? Wow. That, that was the beauty of having such nice sound stages. And Melody Ranch was really a great place to shoot. It was, we had those two big brand new sound stages. It's where they shoot Westworld out, mm -hmm. outside of Westworld there. And we, mm -hmm. but we had the whole place to ourselves other than, Every once in a while, Arnold would come out and drive his tank around the lot, but um, but um, but we we had two the two big sound stages which we filled with sets, and then we had two little sound stages that we also used on occasion to do stunt work and other things. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. it was we we it was nice because we'd be shooting on one stage while they were building on the other stage, and we'd bounce back and forth between <laughs> stages, and we were just shooting, shooting, shooting like crazy because we. We shot we, this old movie in, in not a lot of time. You know? No, and we built like 42 sets, I think. That's crazy. 42 yeah. sets and uh, how long did it take to shoot, to film, to shoot, to shoot the film? Um, not long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, we, what did we shoot, Tw 21 days or something like that? Maybe? Yeah. Something we spent on. like five months prepping the movie and then shot it in like three weeks and a couple days or something. Yeah, we, we, we went zip, zip, zip and didn't. And, and I mean, you watch the film, you'd never guess that we did that quality of work in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. we, we, but we had a rock star crew. You know, we, we had amazing people working with us. Dan brought in an A-list crew which was so, so nice. We had this incredible like seasoned kind of legendary crew in his departments. And then we had incredible artists in the other departments like 
some were really seasoned, had been around for decades, and some were young, but just so, so talented. So it was this great mix, right, Dan, of like different yeah. eras and different vibes, but everyone just like got along so well. Everyone like loved each other. And, and everybody it was, was like, good. really, they loved each other. Sophie every- said it was the, it was like the most Zen set she'd ever been on. That's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. Exactly. The most Zen set. That's crazy. That's actually Yeah, we had a lot of drama and fiery things happen. Don't get me wrong, but it stayed in the production office. My producers were really, really, really good about that mandate. No stress on set. No stress on set. Yeah, it's just like, uh, exactly. It's just like, I mean, you know, it came, it came, but like, we did pretty good at keeping it, like keeping everyone on the creative buffered, you know? It's like the set is the womb, you know? and uh, Yeah, sacred yeah. womb. Exactly. So no And I was a producer on it too. So it was like, I still had to deal with the things that they were dealing with in the back of the office and stuff. But... It was hard if it came around me because because I was a producer, I couldn't like ignore it if it was exactly. right there. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I needed to talk about it after we shot our day. <laughs> but they'd often be like, ah, we got to talk to you about something now. And I'd be like, I'm in the zone, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone did really good about their best in terms of buffering the drama, you know, from the set. So. That's wonderful. Yeah. As as um Dan, as a director of photography, how you know there's we have a scene in the film where, you know, W. Griffith is just like, you know, they're shooting uh Mary Pickford for the first time. And then when they, you know, they're done shooting, there's this guy that says, Oh, she's a revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh how was your moment when uh the first time that we, you know, that was our Mary Pickford was shot, which I'm talking about Sophie. <laughs> Dan? Did we lose Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I opened the window because it was getting dark here. Hang on for a second. Put, put my ears back in. There we go. Now you can see. How are you doing with the dual platform? Should we, do you want to jump off of the phone and just stick to Facebook and people can join us there? Um, I, I'm doing fine with the dual platform. Why don't Why don't we do that? Why don't I end the live on Instagram because it'll go automatically as a playback. Okay. And we can just focus into the screen for the rest of our chat. Okay, cool. Thank you on Instagram, and we're gonna um, put this on the playback, and we're in Facebook right now. Okay, lots okay. of love. <laughs> Great. Share to IGTV. Okay. All right, Satya, we are with you. All right. In in entirely. <laughs> yeah, the, the sun was going down over here. Now I got a little too much light on me. Hang on for a second. But what was your question, Satya, about so- Sophie? Yeah, exactly. Just that moment, you know, when uh, you know the first maybe like you know the first time that she was, you know, you guys filmed. Uh, how was that moment? You know, it must have been uh, interesting. Like the first time that she was on camera, or the first time we met her. You know what? My question was first time she was on camera, but I have to go with first time you guys met her. <laughs> like I know the first time I met her was um, through Skype when we first talked about the project. And it was like, as soon as the Skype screen opened, she giggled and I oh knew. Oh, wow. But we still, you know, we talked for a while. She still self-taped and auditioned. She giggled. And she had blue hair. Oh, wow. Because she was just doing a sci-fi thing. And she's like, sorry, blue hair is a theme, right? Blue velvet, my movie, Billy Bates, blue hair. Sophie had blue hair when I met her. I got to look into that. Absolutely. You know, blue, we like to say it's the color of all encompassing. You know, everything that's all encompassing is like, you know, blue. Like the sky, she, the ocean. She was a, she, everything that's all encompassing, like the sky. Yeah, the ocean. <laughs> but the she was a joy, right? Dan, Sophie was like a pleasure. Oh, she was. Kind of like so- Pickford. She would talk to the crew and 
she was in every scene every day and she didn't get in a bad mood oh, oh she was wonderful every moment that she was there um she was absolutely professional on top of her game and just a lovely person you know every yeah. everybody so we didn't we didn't have any any ill will on the set we, we had an amazingly uh beautiful happy set yeah we and that's did. not always the case on movies sometimes the movies movies get tense and movies get you know people get under pressure and, and but um we didn't we didn't have any of that and, and Jen and I had a, an amazing on-set relationship mm. as, as far as working together it was it was you know we were we were partners pulling this this rabbit out of the hat you know we didn't have any arguments even no <laughs> <laughs> it was like really good we were just like I just yeah. wanted to be by Dan and people oh. talk to me and I'm like, Dan, Dan, let's go over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why do they want us to know so many things? Like what shots we're shooting? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's this, 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 this Are is we the... just painting? Can't we just figure it out when we get there? <laughs> Love it. Well, I mean, you, you know, that's, that's something in modern filmmaking that everybody do. And sometimes you don't know what you're going to do until you get to see the actors in the set. You know, I mean, that's the way. Since I've been making movies since 1979, you know, and we've always made movies that way. The year and, I was and, born. What? The year I was born. Is was it really? And the year Mary Pickford passed away. Oh wow! Well, that, that's that, that's an iconic year then, huh? Yeah. So just for everyone watching, we're uh, we're currently having a mind blown. <laughs> Live. <laughs> well, guess what, you guys? We are releasing the episodes of the series based on our movie uh, on Mary Pickford's death day, May 29th. Oh, wow. And I'm really into numerology and cycles and um, the magic of all of that. So this is very meaningful and powerful that she passed away 41 years ago because I'm turning 41 this year. And we are releasing her content, the first ever non-documentary, like actual narrative piece about Mary Pickford. We're releasing on her death day. On wow. her rebirth day. On her rebirth day. Yeah. Rebirth day. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um man, I'm still mind blown. Sorry. So <laughs> Because those dates are, are interesting, you know, starting working, moving in 79, born in 79, and then... Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's where I... I, I was I coming out into the world as Mary Pickford was transitioning, as Dan was starting to make movies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the glorious time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like on the cutting edge of technology at the time, and now we're on the cutting edge of technology by reformatting our content yeah exactly it's 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 just different paintbrushes you know mm -hmm. you, you you're the artist is the artist no matter what and you use the materials and the, and the tools that you have at the time to make the art mm -hmm. you know, michelangelo had a, had, a, had a rock and a chisel you know and, and or paintbrushes and a canvas recorders and in computers that we make our our stories with but it's it's all the it's all the things same things i mean you know leonardo da vinci told a whole story with one frame in mona lisa we take a lot of frames and tell a story in a movie it's 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 all similar stuff you know we're we're, we're all just trying to 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 share something and with with other people in a way that they, they that means something to them, and and we continue to do that until the day we die. Yeah, exactly. And, and then some. <laughs> yeah. What you know the thing is that we die, but you know the Mona Lisa lives on. The, why not choose love? We'll live on. All these things will live on after us, and people will look back at this. Or they'll come, they'll look back on this interview and they'll say, 
well, that's what they were thinking when they did that, or, or, or the, these are the, the ways that they approach this. You know, and it's not that much different than what we're doing now, or gee, that was really silly the way they did that, but that's the way we had to do it at the time. Mm. And, and that's okay, you know? So cool. Yeah. So cool. You bring it back to Icon by even talking about legacy, you know? Mm -hmm. Brings yeah. back to you know the um, the quote uh, that was posted because uh, for the people watching, there's uh, humanizing the icon movement, and you can also see it on the social media, you know, obviously on the on the page. And um, just as I'm speaking, I'm just getting on it now. And there's, there's a piece that was shared with um, Andy Warhol, and the quote goes. I'm oh, sorry. from our humanizing the icon art. Exactly. That, and, that made. Yes. And the quote from um, the quote says, um, the idea is not to live forever. It is to create something that will. Um, just to, I'm just saying that to add to what that is. Yeah. So people, this is the piece. That's by Burton Machen. That piece was in Italy with us too. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so the idea is not to live forever, but it is to create something that will. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, you know, I look at that picture and it reminds me of that 1984 Apple commercial where they introduced the Macintosh. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's like an iconic commercial. Absolutely. It, you know, it's, it's like a, a whole group of people in an auditorium and, this, and it's all sort of black and whitey, glowy, hammers going down and stuff. I mean, it, it's, 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 that's another piece of, of history and a piece of art that, that um, leads us back into the same discussion, really, you know? Yeah, I mean, so many full circles, so many cycles. They keep talking about the pandemic a hundred years ago and how Pickford was a role model and a leader mm -hmm. and how she supported community and, um, you know, kept Hollywood alive in a way, and well, history repeats itself, and now we're yeah. going through now, mm -hmm. and 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 we're doing the same things that she did, trying to keep Hollywood alive, which we will. I mean, Hollywood's going to survive. Hollywood, though, is is Hollywood. There's a there's a physical place as Hollywood, and there's Hollywood that is the movie business. Mm -hmm. You know, and that that's that's a, a, a an entity that's intangible. You know, it's 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 an it, energy field. Yeah, it really is, and it's worldwide. It's not just in California. Yeah, and it, you know, it reshapes itself just like energy mm -hmm. does, and mm -hmm. yeah. What Jennifer, you were saying was that you know uh, when we go like you know we go back in time, or if we go into the essence of uh, Hollywood, you were saying it's like, you know, it's the art of storytelling, um, mm -hmm. uh, mentioning and Hollywood, like Hollywood. The field, the storytelling field. Yeah. Exactly. And that will, yeah, keep going and, you know, it will go on and on and on and on. You know, stories have always been an, uh, very educational and uh, a way to also convey values and, uh, um, and, you know, uh, very symbolic, you know, certain characters becomes really alive even, um, you know, and many characters became icons as well, you know, an icon is not just, uh, it's not just somebody, you know, uh, in a quote unquote real life, but also in the story. Mm -hmm. uh, the myth, you know, so much myth that we have, uh, cultural myth and subconscious, subconscious also um, imagery that we have that keeps coming back you know, errors to error that keeps coming back. Um, what is the, how is, is Hollywood, um, as we know, we, like Dan said, it will pretty much always be there. Like you're saying it as well, you know, energy field, the art of storytelling will always be there. Um, in the movie business right now, is there like a, is there a change or a transition that Hollywood is going through? Or how do you see Hollywood, let's say like in three years or in five years? or in 10 years, uh, or are there more, are there like different narrative that will be, uh, you know, that'll be, that'll be told, or how do you, how do you see Hollywood evolving? It's, 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 it's evolving in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the thing that, that is 
concerning to me in one thing, and in another way, it's it, I'm sure it's exciting for people is that linear storytelling is becoming it's it's we've done that for a long time, and some people are like trying to move away from linear storytelling, like telling an actual story, and a lot of films are moving in to look like video games almost, which is really kind of disheartening for me because I, I again the films I really love are from like the the teens and the twenties and thirties and forties and fifties where they have a really well written story the 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 acting is superb the camera work is superb it's just really locked down and now a lot of films like you, you and I've got friends that love the Transformer movies but I, I watch them and the cuts are three frames long sometimes and they're just like frame after frame after frame is so you can't even lock down on an image before it changes into something else and and that's coming from the video game culture almost you know yeah and so then on the polarizing side of the spectrum um is this shift into this shift into conscious content and mm -hmm. content to be conscious of the messaging and and mm -hmm. contribute to humanity in a way that's elevating so you have what Dan's talking about, which is absolutely a movement. And then mm -hmm. you have this other scenario where there's executives and CEOs and all kinds of people kind of moving over here going, you know, we, we don't want to dumb things down anymore. Mm -hmm. We actually want to be conscious about the content. Um, yeah. What does that look like? What does it become? Like, who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm an advocate for conscious content. I'm an advocate for new myth where mm -hmm. you don't have to have violence to eradicate evil where we start to working with our work with our superpowers and in, in other ways that are just as exciting and melodramatic, but like using our other tools and senses and our energies and stuff. And I think that's really exciting. Like I would love to do some huge production with all kinds of technology and wildness and incredible performances and but get into like a new dimension of of spirituality and the power of humanity and like really work work that way and I actually met some people in the gaming world that want to do conscious content also which mm -hmm. is be like a huge shift for the gaming world well um, that, that's where the big money is right now is in video games it's, yeah they make more money than the movies do and they said that the the gamers are going to be the next like America's sweethearts and big mm -hmm. icons, you know. Yeah. So if they're if they can start gearing up to do conscious content, you know, it's like we just really want people to care about humanity, and we really want visionaries to be able to preserve their vision. Like yeah. avant garde is cool, experimental is cool, but like with with like a sense of what you're doing, you know, and. Yeah. I, th I think we have to be careful of subliminal content too, because some people will try to slide some things in there underneath the the regular content that that you'll pick up unconsciously. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I am chatting online tomorrow with the director of Esoteric Agenda, <laughs> so <laughs> that's gonna be interesting. But he's like very conscious in his content, like it's. It's, yeah it's good um but any final questions for us mr satya <laughs> who is also uh in the music soundtrack of our movie who's also producing the series who has a new music company called dove raven who's been just like a total champion in this movement so thank, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you you're welcome I think the information will be great for the people watching is um, just not to miss uh, on Friday when the uh, the three episodes um, will be released. And also if they want to be part of the virtual um, party to uh, reserve their space, virtual space and humanizing the icon at gmail.com. Yes, please. And pay attention for how to register to see the whole series, but the three episodes will be dropping publicly they can go viral just we want it to ignite and really really take off because we believe in this legacy and we believe in that it's educational and inspirational and um like we said earlier money is not the only currency so we're one ounce of love 
Why not choose love? <laughs> all so, right. Yes. So that will be all, I believe. Thank you for such good questions, Satya. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who has been on Facebook. We had some really, really fun peeps watching. Absolutely, exactly. And contributing here. So I am going to officially uh, keep you guys on Zoom so we can say our goodbyes, but I'm going to end the live stream here. Goodbye, everyone. Lots of love, Facebook.